the axe of the blood god. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. With me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, everybody. I'm just going to say that Kat loves you all very much because she says she's 90% better, but uh, she's still coughing her guts out. So, <laughs> No, I'm extremely healthy. <laughs> the Blood God gives me strength. She does not have the plague whatsoever. We're well into 2018 now, the second week, and this is the point where we are going to be talking about the RPGs that we are anticipating for the rest of the year. And while the pickings do look kind of slim, there are still some that are very interesting to us, including an RPG from a certain series that Nadia loves so very, very, very much. I bet you can't guess it, which one it is. It's the one that she is always talking about. It's not Final Fantasy or Persona. <laughs> no, the, the one series to talk about more than those two is definitely Dragon Quest. Uh, in fact, I just finished watching uh, the um, Awesome Game Sun quick run of Dragon Quest, done in like less than half an hour, and just the RNG manipulation was incredible. I, I really enjoyed that. How did they do it? Uh, it's hard to explain, like, he, I, I can't remember the runner's name, I'm sorry, and that's really disrespectful of me, but basically, he counted the tiles and the frames on the tiles, and the, even the frames in the text boxes, and, like, even the way that the characters move, like, you know how JRPG, uh, NPCs do that little shuffle aimlessly, even that had a purpose, and he could tell what enemies he was going to come against, and when, just by analyzing how they were walking in the, in the castle town. It was, it was pretty incredible. Wow, I mean, when you know all of the stuff that's happening underneath a game, you can totally manipulate it in so many different interesting ways. Um, that's how people do it in Pokemon. I think I've told you about the RNG manipulation yeah, in that exactly. game. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, it's just, like, I really admire people who have that kind of dedication to numbers, because I sure as hell don't. Yeah, even when they explain it clearly to me, I can't make heads or tails of it half the time, which is unfortunate because no. RPGs are so heavily based on numbers. They're all numbers. They're just numbers with a nice coat of paint. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna cop to the fact that even as much for as much as I love team building, I'm not very good at actively sitting down and building my own team from scratch. I, I suppose mm -hmm. I could do it if really pressed, but most of the time I'm like, no, I'm gonna go to the people who are much smarter than me. <laughs> I'm going to be able to tell me how all of the numbers line up and synergize and everything. And yeah. I will then put together a fairly ideal team. Yeah, and then I will maybe swap out me. one part with a character that I like better than the optimal version. <laughs> Just to make things a little bit interesting. Shake things up a bit. Spice it up. Spice it up a little bit. That's what I do in Pokemon. But before we get started on the most anticipated RPGs of 2018... Let's quickly talk about the Nintendo Direct that hit rather suddenly yesterday. Uh, we were all kind of wondering, what the heck were we going to hear? Were we going to get some news on Fire Emblem? We knew, I mean, Pokemon would have gotten its whole, its yeah. own personal thing, so you didn't have to worry about that. And probably Fire Emblem would have as well. I doubt I that so, it would yeah. have been announced in a single Nintendo Direct, but we were wondering if we would get some more RPG news and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And probably the biggest news that we got is, was that Dark Souls will indeed be coming to the Nintendo Switch, which uh, I have some thoughts on that. Uh, Nadia, do you have any thoughts of your own? It's um, I'm actually wondering about performance hits because this is the quote-unquote Dark Souls remastered and it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One as well and I think PC. Uh, so I'm thinking, okay, is the Switch version going to be, um, you know, uh, cut back the way they do with, say, like Wolfenstein, Doom and all that, uh, which is, usually it's fine. You, you have that trade-off for portability, but Dark Souls is such an intricate game. Uh, every movement you make counts. Every attack you make counts. Uh, is it going to is the gameplay is this an instance where finally the gameplay is going to suffer for being on the Switch? So, as excited as I am for Switch games, if I were to get Dark Souls remastered, I would probably go for the the PS4 Xbox One version. Believe it or not, uh, I think a lot of people would probably agree with you. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote a whole article. Oh boy, <laughs> about uh, how I was like, eh, it's kind of an odd fit for the Nintendo Switch because. Yeah. 
it's so dependent on its online elements for a lot of its exactly. flavor and its yeah. appeal. Uh, whole online communities have grown up around the PvP or being a sun bro and helping people out. That, <laughs> sun bro, that's great. That's so cute. That when you lose those elements by playing offline, mm. it you can still enjoy it. No doubt about that. It's still perfectly enjoyable on a plane or whatever, but it's not quite the same. I'm yeah. not that worried about a performance hit. I'm mm-hmm. sure that if I were to guess, this is just my kind of prediction, that it will be closer to the PS3 or Xbox 360 version on mm-hmm. the Switch, but with a few like nice little additions to kind of the the graphical effects and right. also a better frame rate. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would be happy with that. Uh, especially as long as it has a smooth frame rate on handheld mode. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and I never thought about the the online component. You're absolutely right about that. But I think that this is just one of those instances where the Switch certainly has its place in the industry. It has its niche. It's a really great, well-defined niche. And Dark Souls can go either way with that. Um, so I'm, I'm happy it's there because options are good, but... As I said, I would probably opt for another version of the game because I ju- it's just not a game I'm dying to play in bed, like, you know, or on a plane or on a bus. It's a vote of confidence. Yeah, that because is Because this would have never, so many times, the Nintendo system was always left out in the cold mm-hmm. when these kinds of games would be announced. Yes. It's like, oh, Dark Souls Remastered announced for Xbox One, PC, and PS4. And then the Nintendo console wouldn't even be in the conversation. No, it'd be and now it is. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's definitely. I am glad to see that you have that vote of confidence because it, it says to me that uh, developers are willing to, even though like a game maybe not be the best fit for the Switch, they're they're willing to put the work into it and give it a try. And that's all I can really ask for. I'll even go as far as to say that I would probably play it on the Switch over the PS4, or the Xbox One. Oh, really? Because so. I don't know, like. <laughs> I was talking about in the article about how the atmosphere is not quite the same if you're playing on the handheld with mm. your headphones on, but maybe I don't care. That much <laughs> I play. I've played Dark Souls already, and if I were to play Dark Souls again, I would want to be able to enjoy it in a different way. Okay, that's a good point, too, because I have not played Dark Souls. Uh, I have downloaded Bloodborne, and I haven't played it yet. Dark Souls Report with Naughty Oxford. Oh, my God. I... I could give that a try. I would actually be absolutely interested in trying it, but probably by the second uh, report, I start crying. And that would just be the whole report, me crying. For so, Nadia, what's minutes. your update? Well, I died, and then I died, and then I died, <laughs> and I died, and I didn't make any progress. I met a nice chap who likes the sun. Yes. Yeah, no, yes, yes, you would. But I, so I suppose there's that. There are a lot of people who own the Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. who will probably have not played dark souls but we'll have heard of dark souls Mm -hmm. we'll have heard of this legendary game that's kind of hard and everything but there are lots of stuff online to lots of resources and things to help them out so yeah in any case more broadly i'm happy that dark souls is getting remastered because it's been way too long for some reason dark souls 2 got remastered before dark souls oh that's right that's kind of weird yeah and Dark Souls, the, there are the 360 and PS3 versions, which had a lot of technical problems. Mm-hmm. Like, you got into Blight Town, you want to talk about frame rate stuttering, frame rate stuttering <laughs> in those areas. <laughs> and then there's the PC version, uh, which is the best version, uh, but I, I think you got to mod it. Right. The, I'm not super familiar with the scene there, but I remember that there were a lot of, um, a lot of problems just out of the box. Yeah, that had to be addressed through mods, but then they were also having to deal with various patches and updates and everything. I remember that too, yeah. Um, if you own the PS4 version, you can get a whole special collector's edition trilogy box, which is great for the super fans of the series. Yeah, very handsome. But Bandai Namco is clearly milking this series for all all they've got. And that's probably the smartest move because, yeah, it's uh, it's got that fan base. Even, w- even though I haven't played the games very much i do love to just go through the wiki and read about the characters and the strategies and stuff like that it's really interesting well, miyazaki's pretty adamant about not making another one so bandai namco's going crap milk this for all we've got i wonder if they're like standing outside his door with a boom box every day 
<laughs> slipping him make a more light. dark souls no make more <laughs> dark souls no god go away make more dark souls we can make you get we can give you lots and lots of money no i think everybody wants bloodborne 2 the most at this point but uh and then whatever the heck from software is making now which is mysterious thing a thing that got a very brief teaser trailer and that's it they, yeah so from software is doing a thing uh, that's all in capitals, quote unquote. Uh, uh, on another note, aside from uh, aside from Dark Souls, there was some other RPG news for the Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. and this is a fairly big one. The World Ends with You Final Remix. Yeah, that was a surprise. That was a very nice surprise. Yes, uh, uh, it will have HD visuals, uh, mm-hmm. probably ported straight over from the iPad version, just based on what i've seen yeah from the trailer and a new epilogue which is actually pretty cool that is pretty cool i'm glad that there's a bit of uh, new story content and uh joystick uh joy con controls so no more smearing your fingers all over your (laughs) touch screen that's nice i like that i don't know i'd probably do that anyway because it would feel very strange not to do it with the not to do it that way that's true because we're talking about the world ends with you here yeah, so I'd probably be, like, scribbling really hard with my finger on that Switch screen. Yeah, because you can use both. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for that. It's been so long since I played The World Ends With You. I didn't even play it on the uh, on the phones or the tablets when it came out. So I'm looking forward to revisiting it. It's been ten years! How long was the DS... How scratched up is your DS Lite screen, Nadia? It's pretty bad. Yeah, my, um, my screen is hella scratched up, and you can blame The World Ends the With ends, You for yeah. that. That is 100% the fault of the world ends with you. Because <laughs> you'd be like, scribble, 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 scribble as fast as can. Uh, around, around, around. Yeah. Uh, I love that game, though. Now, oh, that's a game good. that we could do for a report. Yeah. I mean, given how long it's been, it'd almost be like playing it for the first time, like, for me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's been... I have not played that game in a good 10 years. Yep. Like, I think I last played it when it first came out, and I beat it a couple times. Yeah. And the reason that I'm actually pretty happy about the new epilogue coming out is that so much, there's a lot of really nebulous stuff about that game and the circumstances around several characters. And at the end of the game, you can find these reports Mm -hmm. and you start to kind of understand (laughs) what's going on. Mm -hmm. (coughs) But it doesn't really paint a clear picture of what's happening. So, right. I'm always a little leery about over-explaining a, a game's mystery. Sometimes yeah. it's better to leave it alone. I mean, God knows Kingdom Hearts is, has a problem with oh, over-explaining God, everything. That and Final Fantasy VII, which had that really interesting nebulous ending, and then it, they just blew it all up with the Ident Children and everything else that came that followed. Yes, exactly. So, But, you know, I like this world, so I'm kind of okay with them kind of keeping it alive. I'm surprised they haven't made a sequel, to be honest. Some people are saying that this is a sign they're they're thinking of a sequel. Um, I well, that's what that. they I said. That. I mean, that's what we were saying when Nintendo <laughs> Company iOS. showed up in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I know, I know. But like back on the 3DS, back in like 2012. Yeah, Hold 2011. On, that was like seven years ago. <laughs> oh my god. I I think it's just that it's a series that's near and dear to Nomura's heart, and yeah. he will bring it back anytime he can. But yeah. He's working on so many other things, he probably doesn't really have time to really dedicate to a full sequel. And that's a shame, because, like I said before, that is his element. Eh, maybe it's better that it just be, that it's left well enough alone. But I want his goofy-ass character designs all over, like a freaking sequel. As long, if they made a sequel that was 3D, as long as they kept the style. Yeah, you gotta have that style. It's so unique, there's nothing else like it. There never was, and there never will be until we get another one. Uh, one more piece of RPG news, Ease 8 being ported over to the yeah. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about that, especially since, uh, I don't know if it's out or if it's coming very soon, but the new translation uh, is, like I said, either coming out or is out. Uh, so that's been totally overhauled. Um, I'll probably dive into it again, give it another go. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for me to give it a bit more time than I ultimately did when it initially came out. Yeah. Because Ease 8 definitely got a lot of buzz from certain quarters. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and even showed up on some best of lists uh, for 2018. So <clears throat> this is a game that kind of flew under my radar personally. I know that it showed up on your radar a bit more. Yeah, but, I, I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, no, this is a good opportunity to pick up on a game that I missed. And hopefully this continues. Though I was kind of complaining a little bit about all the ports that were coming onto the Nintendo Switch. And frankly, we just talked about all ports. World <laughs> Ends With You, Dark Souls, and Ease 8. But it is what it is, right? Yeah, I. it's just hard to criticize the ports of stuff I really want. And that's all, what most of this is. Like, The World Ends With You. Hey, HD World Ends With You. I haven't been able to play this. I'm going to play this. It's Ease- on iPad. Yeah, but it's... First of all, I don't it's have an iPad. It's the same game. I don't have an iPad, number one. Number two... Uh, there's never any guarantee that Apple's not going to introduce a whole new iOS and it'll break everything. I mean, the World Ends With You was off the market for the longest time because mm. Apple doesn't give a damn. You can play uh, it on your phone, too, you know. I don't want to play it on my damn phone. <laughs> my phone sucks. Does, does it? Well, it's like an, it's an iPhone 7, and it, it's just... You have a better phone than I do. It's okay. Well, my iPhone 5, sorry, my iPhone 6 just bricked out of nowhere. I could not get it. I could not resurrect it, and I was so mad because I have a I've uh, iPod Nano from like 2006, and it lasted wow. 10 years until... That's a blast from the past. Yeah, it was great. It, it was great. It worked. Uh, the battery finally gave out after 10 years. No complaints. And now every Apple product I buy just dies within a couple of years. And of course, that's the way it's engineered. And it's not just Apple. I'm not an Apple hater or lover. I don't care either way. But just technology does not last the way it should. It's, and everything ends up in like landfills, and it's just really depressing. It's true. I... I had a whole bunch of old gadgets that I was trying to sell or find something with, and nobody was buying them on eBay. Mm. So I took them to a freaking pawn shop, nice. and they took like one look at this laptop I brought in from like 2010, and they were like, "Nope, really." And I was like, "Real, it still works just fine." Look, and they're like, "Nope." <laughs> the only thing they bought was my camera, my old digital camera. Wow. All the iPhones, they're like, hell no. They must have like just, they must be, have like a mountain of iPhones in the back somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Because people don't want them. <laughs> no, no. Why should they? They're out a new one next year. Like, but yeah. uh, long story short, I didn't want to play it on my iPhone. I'm happy to play it on the Switch. That screen's a, the screen's a really nice, happy medium between a phone and a tablet. Yeah. Uh, Ease 8 is already on the Vita, but it is kind of a downgraded version graphically. So. I'm happy to play that on the Switch. Yeah, I, I even though the the whole direct like was a little bit, it was a mini, so uh, it's not a full direct, and uh, it's not like Nintendo's to blame because we're the ones who hyped ourselves up. Uh, so, but I was more or less happy with with what was announced. Sure. Like, hey, here's yeah. 15 minutes of cool games coming. Okay, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> uh, and Darkest Dungeons coming out January 18th on the oh Nintendo my Switch. That's with right. the DLC. And if I can import my save, I will actually probably get it. Yeah, it'd be great if you could import your save, though. But I guess we don't know one way or the other yet, do we? <laughs> yeah, because my main save is now on my PC. Mm. That's attached to the DLC and everything. And oh. that's made me less interested in playing the vanilla version on my iPad. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I can easily transfer my save like I could between the iPad and the PC version. So mm-hmm. we'll see. All right. I hope so. All right, Nadia, let's talk about the most anticipated RPGs of 2018. Yes. All right, Nadia, the most anticipated RPGs of 2018 in no particular order. Let us start out first with a sequel which is a it was a breakout art series from last year and that is yakuza 6 mm-hmm. the song of life which so okay last year yakuza 0 wasn't much of a thing right mm-hmm. except suddenly it did become a thing yeah suddenly everybody was all over it like some everybody was all into it and uh, it, it was kind of amazing, actually, to watch this series that for so long flew under the radar for so many different people become a thing. Yeah, and I'm actually really happy about that because uh, we both know how badly the game, the, the series was marketed before, I guess, this year. 
<laughs> finally people realized, hey, I mean, our own Mike realized, hey, this isn't a GTA clone. This is, is, this is Shenmue, but interesting, is <laughs> I think how he called it. Well, the GTA clone thing was from when they were originally marketing it in like 2006. Yeah, yeah, it's just such a bad move. Yeah, so I mean, because they didn't have an, they didn't know how to market it, but no, obviously, maybe our vocabulary is a little different now, and we can we can differentiate a bit. But uh, so when Mike and I were talking about the best of 2017, uh, I was kind of skeptical as to whether Yakuza was actually an RPG, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, blah blah blah. Uh, the line is so nebulous these days, etc. Everything blurs. Uh, but I was kind of wondering if it wasn't just, you know, a visual novel, right? Mm-hmm. Where, it's kind of a, a combination of everything, almost. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so much so much of that game is, uh, I, I don't know, like almost walking simulator-esque. But. It kind of is. Like, you got that walking sim element to it. You've also got mm. the, um, the, the story-heavy element. And it really focuses on the characters, which I think really gives it that visual novel vibe. In yeah. fact, one really good thing about Yakuza that I noticed in 2017 was it picked up a really strong female fan base because mm-hmm. they were like really into the characters and the relationships between them. So that's really nice to see. But Yakuza, you're right, is a very nebulous sort of series. It's a little bit of everything. And it, the best part is it does those little bits of everything kind of really well. Yeah, I, I think Yakuza 0 what ended up being the perfect gateway for a new fan base because i mean it was set in the 80s so you got the nostalgia (laughs) there and you didn't necessarily have to know about the rest of the story to be able to get into it it stood alone a little bit better so uh it's a good jumping point so before i continue i just uh rider kicker was taking umbrage at our denying yakuza as an rpg rider kicker said hey i still take umbrage and you two denying Yakuza, it's RPG status. It's all you do is fight enemies for money and experience. You eat things, sleep in bars, and have many side quests. If you consider Kingdom Hearts with its key blaze swinging or Mass Effect with its shooting, then those aren't RPGs. <laughs> well, Kingdom Hearts has maybe a bit more, I don't know, customization and character growth to it. And Mass Effect has more meaningful choices to make during the storyline, I would argue. Mm. But That's true. Uh, where Yakuza tends to play out as like a soap opera, right? I mean, yeah. you're just kind of following it along. Like you're watching... It always reminded me of like a Korean soap or something that yeah, I was watching on Japanese TV back in 2008. Yeah, so yeah, it's definitely like... A, I guess a little more like a JRPG in that in that sense, though, isn't it? Like it's... Uh, mm. A JRPG has a set story that you're following. Uh, of course, Mass Effect is very much more dependent on the choices you make, but uh, <coughs> either way, hooray for K-dramas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Yakuza 6, um, pulling from its Wikipedia entry, open uh, typical Yakuza game, mm-hmm. uh, Kazuma Kiryu returns, despite the fact that Kazuma Kiryu, like, retired back in, like, Yakuza 3. <laughs> <laughs> A guy just can't stay down. Heck no, even if he wants to. Uh, apparently, that features locations in Hiroshima. Oh, that's interesting, because one criticism I've heard of the series is that it tends to be kind of samey in its location, so... It has been, but it's 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 gone a whole bunch of different places or, mm-hmm. over the various games, but it always seems to kind of start in that familiar place that's right. based on a fictional, fictional version of a district in Shinjuku. Right. But apparently Kiryu finally is getting busted for all of his crimes over the years, and he's ready to... Uh, he goes to prison. Yeah, he, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he take the fall um, to protect someone? I can't remember what the full story was, but that, that kind of kicks things off because he's, he's cut off from the world for three years, and when he gets out, well, everything's kind of upside down. He ends up returning to search for Haruko, only to find out she's been left in a coma after a hit-and-run accident and that she has a newborn son. Yeah, total so. scandal. This is great. It's, like, you, like we said, K-drama. And now... Uh, now there's a new baby, and that he's traveling with this baby apparently. So we got another dad drama going on here. <laughs> it, it's uh, it actually reminds me of Lone Wolf and Cub. I think it's supposed to evoke that, but yeah, it's total dad drama. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so another Yakuza game. We're gonna get, we're going to get all of the usual stuff uh, that you can expect in a Yakuza game with all of the 
insane side quests, which everybody loves, mm. and all of the uh, the karaoke and the the, the, the mini games Arcade and games. <laughs> walking along, punching people uh, on the street in Shinjuku. Apparently, Beat Takeshi would be is a character in this game. <laughs> sure, why not? There are characters from New Japan Pro Wrestling in this game, apparently. Oh, that's awesome. I'm sure my husband yeah. will recognize a few. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, it's going to be out in March on so the PlayStation 4. Nice. Small side note, by the way. Uh, I was talking about when we were doing the What Do We Want from... Uh, the Xbox One, Nintendo, and PlayStation 4 previews at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I mean, everybody always talks about exclusives on the Xbox and how Microsoft doesn't have them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it's a great example of the exclusives that Xbox just doesn't have. Yeah. I mean, and Sony has... S- Sony and Nintendo have basically swept up all of the Japanese exclusives at this point. And yeah, It's yeah. not insignificant. No, it's really indicative of how the market has changed over the past... Since the past generation. Yeah, just a little bit. So, uh, but... Uh, and I don't see a path forward in that regard for mm-hmm. Microsoft, except to just kind of shrug it off and try to find a way forward and be like, well, we don't need that segment of the audience, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah or if they could really double down on fostering uh, North American talent, European talent, whatever. But they have, to, they have to figure something out. They probably... All right. Next game on this list is a Western RPG. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit smaller, but I am keeping a close eye on it, and that is Pillars of Eternity Deadfire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've expressed my appreciation for that series a few times on this show. Yes. And so Pillars of Eternity, of course, was a a great isometric RPG, kind of helped revive that formula or form of RPG, had six characters, a large world to explore, great, very dark story of resurrection and death and that kind of thing. Uh, lots of crazy characters, uh, a mad priest, and such like that. All the cheerful stuff. You had a uh, a fortress that you could um, that you could upgrade. The fortress part was one of the weaker elements of that game, but I digress. Uh, a two fairly large, a two part expan- story expansion that was pretty large that took you into the northern realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, all in all, all, a great RPG with tons and tons to do. Very, it was it, it was engrossing to right. say the least, and I still recommend it. I think it just came out on console not too long ago. That's right. Yeah, I meant to pick that up and give it a try because I am a console scrub <laughs> through and through. <laughs> I heard we hate consoles on this show. Oh, we but... totally hate consoles. Yeah, <clears throat> we're lying to ourselves. Uh, and each other. But Pillars of Eternity Deadfire, Nadia, mm-hmm. gives you a boat. Oh, well, boats. Yes. Are, I like boats. I like boats too. Uh, boats, airships—they're a staple of JRPGs. They are. So it's nice to be able to get your own thing. And I think a lot of RPGs—they're you know, my favorite thing—is when the characters get their own ship. Yeah, it feels very liberating, doesn't it? And not only feels liberating, there's a certain sense of ownership to it, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, especially p- when you can name it. <laughs> I was going to say double points to the to the, the games that let us name it. Oh, I'm going to name my ship this. As, as stupid or whatever like and then you feel so st- <laughs> i seem to recall that in suikoden 4 which unfortunately was not a great suikoden you yeah. got your own boat in that one too yeah that's right i uh i never got very far in suikoden 4 i just could not wrap my head around it i was i was not a fan yeah um, well you and a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> me in the entire world but i did name my castle in suikoden 2 and it was a bad word so Oh, aren't you so naughty, Nadia? <laughs> I am so, so against authority. Woot. But Pillars of Eternity Deadfire, I think, will be... Uh, I mean, it's going to be... It, it seems that they took a lot of uh, lessons from the original Pillars of Eternity and will be applying them to the sequel. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a fairly new story, so you don't necessarily have to have had to play the previous game to be able to pick up the the sequel and i'm really looking forward to it uh if you want to be able to kind of hear more uh i interviewed josh sawyer about it in previous episodes on the podcast and you can go totally find them on our podcast feed 
yes, they are there to pursue. All right, Nadia, this one's in your wheelhouse. Dragon Quest Eleven. Yes, I am very much looking forward to that. I was just trying to think to myself, uh, I realized that I haven't really looked into the story too deeply. I don't know if I've done that like on purpose because I want to kind of save it for myself. But um, I do find the hero kind of interesting because the impression I get is that he's f- kind of traveling slash fleeing slash just rambling. And uh, of course, that's always a, a, an aspect of Dragon Quest. But uh, there's something very, this time it's like kind of his, the central nature to his character. He has a horse that says it all. I mean, it's actually, uh, it's interesting. Usually Dragon Quest to give you like a big cat to ride on, but, or a caravan, but this time you can just, hey, here's a horse. Like, okay, I, I can deal with a horse. I like horses. Um, I am interested in why he's wielding like the Sword of Loto and other legendary items. Uh, so I'm sure that'll come into the story. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it, although I'd Still don't understand if we are getting both the 3DS version and the PlayStation 4, I, I think it's coming to Switch 2 at some point, or if we're only getting the high-definition version of the game. So I'm there's still a lot about the game, that's the, as far as the Western release is concerned, that's still up in the air. Uh, well, I think that a 3DS version is possible, mm. but I think the window is closing rapidly. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and I think the new Direct kind of nailed that didn't it like you didn't really hear anything no uh, absolutely not uh sure seems like the stuff that's kind of left over is like the leftovers from last year and the ports or remakes ports shimagani tensei remastered uh there's a kirby game yeah that's true there is a kirby game coming Uh, but as far as dragon quest goes which is a very niche series to begin with over here um, and the amount of effort that goes into localizing and translating uh, a game of that magnitude. I think it could go either way, and it's not looking good for the 3DS, which is a bit of a shame, but I can understand it, too. I'm just happy to get it in any capacity. If I were square, and I'm not, but if I were, <laughs> I would go in all in with Sony if I could mm-hmm. to give it a giant marketing push over here in the U.S., yeah, um, Nintendo has tried many times to push Dragon Quest uh, with mixed results, uh, but maybe well, it Sony- didn't help that it was on the DS, which, while a extremely well-selling uh, handheld, mm-hmm. like it's just a different beast from, say, the PlayStation Four. Yeah, where people might have more appreciation for a large open-world RPG. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, one thing that I recall is that Nintendo really pushed Dragon Quest Monsters uh, Joker Two over here. And mm-hmm. I don't think that really bore much fruit. We never got three, unfortunately. That's just a, like, you don't even know what the heck that game is just from the title, right? No, exactly. Was like, if it were just me and I just heard that title and I heard Dragon Quest Monster Joker, why would I buy it? What? <laughs> <laughs> what is this game? It's Batman yeah, in it. Part of the appeal is that it's, um, it's Pokemon, but for Dragon Quest fans, there's a very, very, very niche audience. I mean, not that niche. I, I think there's some crossover between Pokemon and Dragon Quest fans. Yeah, I, I think you would be right because they do share a lot of similarities, like a, a lot of similarities. I mean, Hack yeah. Five was—I don't know—I don't think Five Dragon Quest Five was the inspiration for Pokemon, but it did kind of have uh, a definite influence on it. So, Dragon Quest Eleven has not been confirmed yet for North America, but just based on some of the things that I've been hearing of late. I yeah. think that it's pretty much a given that it's going to be out so. this like, year. We saw that video last year of Yuji Hori packing his slime into the suitcase and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and going out of his office, which indicated to me that we are getting a lot more Dragon Quest over here. And I mean, we just got a uh, a demo of Dragon Quest Builders on the Switch. So they, they, they try. They really try. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's 90% certain that we'll be seeing it this fall. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Looking forward which to it. Which would be... Uh, would be and if not this fall, then at the very latest, early 2019. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which actually would be kind of par for the course with Square on yeah. this stuff. But like I said, I'm, I'm hearing things that yeah. suggest to me that Dragon Quest Eleven is going to be out this year. I too rather than next. Uh, it'd be nice if... Um, it would be really nice if the Switch version came out uh, yeah. at the same time. And who knows? Maybe surprise announcement, right? <laughs> That'd be, yeah, that'd be really nice because we definitely don't have a release date for the Switch version, I think, even in Japan. But if they just kind of jump, 
dropped it all at once on us. That would be pretty yeah. cool. Indeed. So Dragon Quest Eleven, possibly this year, possibly this summer. Uh, I guess we will know pretty soon, won't we? Yeah, let's hope so. All right. So we've done Yakuza 6. We've done Pillars of Eternity. We've done Dragon Quest Eleven. Here's a new one. And this was an unexpected announcement from last year. Valkyria Chronicles 4, mm-hmm. which is slated to come out this year at some point. It's going to be out in Japan in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out in, say, August, September here in the U.S., um, and at the very latest, like February 2019. Uh, we've already talked about Valkyria Chronicles we've talked 4 about when that. it was announced. Yeah. We're both very happy about it, be assured. Yes, we're we're thrilled that it's still alive. <laughs> yes, and Revolution wasn't the end of it all. Yes, uh, I'm intrigued to see what the the winter aspect of the game mm-hmm. uh, brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already talked about how I, I'm curious to see how brutal this game is willing to get because yeah. Winter Warfare is famous for being brutal. This is going to be the test, isn't it? Yes, um, and... This is the first time that the series is going back to going really truly going back to console. Uh, yeah. Valkyria Chronicles Three gets a lot of love uh, from hardcore, but it was a necessarily limited game because it was on the PSP. Like mm-hmm. they pushed the PSP to the absolute limits, but the maps were smaller and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I really hope that they can recapture the magic of the original Valkyria Chronicles with Four. Yeah. So so far things are looking good, but let's uh, just kind of keep. Just, I guess, dial back your expectations a bit, but I'm, um, I'm, I'm optimistic. Oh, my fear is that it's going to end up being, I don't know, kind of, kind of a watered down version of Valkyria Chronicles. Mm. Like, I think that's my biggest fear of, for it. Yeah, yeah, I understand, but uh, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to hold my head high and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want them to do a rehash. I want them to forge into new territory. And the whole winter warfare thing seems to be a step in the right direction. Yeah, I can see like climate co- becoming like a real factor in how battles go out. Yeah. All right. Final one in our list of the most anticipated RPGs of 2018. Project Octopath Traveler mm-hmm. for the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> we uh, played the demo when it came out last year. We were really impressed with it. We liked it a lot. And I mean... I think the thing is that we really like the kind of visual flair that it has, the, mm-hmm. what it takes, uh, the way that it takes the kind of traditional 16-bit look and makes it pop on the Nintendo Switch's screen. Yeah, I think they called it uh, HD 2D, which is actually a very w- good way of describing it. It looks a lot like Final Fantasy VI, but I know, in, in, in HD, yeah. and I want that to happen. I want a Final Fantasy VI HD. And, uh, yeah, I know it. We don't know a ton about it. We know that it's going to focus on a variety of different characters mm-hmm. and that you're going to be able to play through them and they all have different abilities and such. And you kind of got a taste of that in the demo. But yeah. uh, we like that it's a throwback, but it's a new kind of game. So. Yeah, and um, it's uh, very similar in some regards to Bravely Default. <clears throat> it kind of has that delay for a better attack reward system. Uh, not a clone of it by any means, but it's still definitely in the wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. So, Project Octopath Traveler. So, we have a uh, one Switch game, a couple PS4 games, uh, like three PS4 games, Mm -hmm. and a PC game on this list. Uh, And my impression is it's a little bit slim pickings this year. Uh, This this could be the second year in a row that we don't get a truly major... Uh, Western RPG announced from one of the big, one, from one of the heavy hitters, yeah, like which would Bethesda. be CD Project, uh, CD Project Bethesda, and uh, and EA Bioware. Mm, good point. Uh, like Anthem, it's going to be out next year. It won't be out until next year, and we haven't heard anything about a new Dragon Age, and obviously Mass Effect was a big uh, flop. Uh, from yeah. Bethesda, who even knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows be, what Bethesda has up its sleeve? They'll be porting Skyrim, Skyrim to your microwave next. <laughs> Skyrim for my printer, please. Yeah. Uh, and CD Projekt uh, said beep. Beep. 
beep. Yep, we talked about the beep on our uh, <laughs> uh, regular podcast. Yep, the CD project says beep. Uh, <laughs> that may or may not mean anything, but I would be really shocked if we saw Cyberpunk before. Uh, it's not going to be this year. No, probably not, but we'll probably find out more. I, I think that we might get some nice surprises as the year goes on, but maybe it'll be a little more subdued. Maybe it won't. Who can see the future? I could see it being unveiled at E3 and mm-hmm. announced for 2019. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can do anything they want at this point. They really, the really can. <laughs> and they, they're pretty much in everyone's good graces. So some other notable games. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. I have my doubts that this game's coming out this year. I, if I had to lay down money, I'd say late this year, but I can understand why you would think that maybe not this year. I mean, I can God. see it getting announced at E3. But like, that it's not, that it's been delayed? No, I can see it getting confirmed for E3 in a trailer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I just, take it with a grain of salt, you know, like, uh, until Square... Until Square probably... You, do you think Square would go all Final Fantasy fifteen and have like a major event laying mm. out the, the release date and such? I think they would. Kingdom Hearts is is a really strong franchise for them. It's really big. It's, it's pretty huge. And it's even one of those franchises where people who aren't like super deep into RPGs just love it. Now Final Fantasy is still... Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts are like two of the remaining crossover... Mm-hmm. RPGs, like the games that break out, mm-hmm. even compared to just regular, like they have awareness among the regular population as opposed to, say, Dragon Quest. No offense. Yeah, so. I know. No, I totally understand. Dragon Quest is a is a, a little little uh, cult. And they I, did show they did show a Toy Story trailer. Yeah, when was that again? That was um. That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like the game has made a lot of progress in sure. recent months, years, whatever. But I, I really <laughs> guess if I if I heard that like it was coming out in two thousand nineteen, I'd be like, well, there goes my complete lack of surprise. FF Seven Remake Episode One, they blew it already. Oh God! <laughs> I feel like such an idiot for assuming that it would even had a chance for of coming out in twenty seventeen. <laughs> forgot you even predicted that but uh well, i mean it was announced in 2015 for god's sake yeah i don't blame you it's ridiculous what's going on with that game and i predict that we're going to hear we are going to hear something about it this year and it won't be released i, I highly doubt it'll be released but i do think we're going to hear and, and or see about how the game's just been completely rebuilt from the ground up because the first attempt was so flubbed well this is what uh, to quote one of my favorite other podcasts, I'm not in the prediction business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At least not with that game. Hell, no, no one's in the prediction business. For, I don't think God's in the prediction business for that game. Uh, Monster Hunter World. Yep. Uh, I would put this on the list, but uh, you, know, you want to talk about being in that nebulous line between RPG and not RPG? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so much of this game, I mean, it's a co-op action game, full stop. Uh, where you are, I mean, you got to bring a lot of items and everything, but there's not a lot of t- custom character customization or even a story. So yeah, it's it just it's all about the satisfaction of the hunt and carving things up. But there is significant crossover appeal with the RPG audience and the yes. people who listen to this podcast. Therefore, we will totally do an episode about it yeah. on this podcast with Bob. Oh, Bob's going to have a lot to say, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Uh, well, Bob's a big Monster Hunter guy. So. He is the Monster Hunter dude. I'm looking forward to really getting into it this time. Uh, I've I've tried each time before, mm-hmm. and I've like always kind of missed out on it. But this time, I think it's going to happen. I just wish it were on the uh, uh, Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I've signed mm-hmm. up for the, the mentor program they have going on where fans yeah. are, uh, are it's, really, it's really nice what they're doing. They're having like veteran fans team up with newcomers to really kind of help them show them the ropes uh get them really into the series because it is a bit of a dense series to get into um so that's really nice with the fandom to real to to mobilize in that way so i'll be doing that and um i am looking forward to that because there's something about monster hunter i always feel like i would i should love the series but for some reason something keeps holding me back and maybe it's just the the density of how hard it is to enter that series but yeah i'm I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe this time it'll be the time. For me, it was always that it took like 20 minutes to kill a single monster. 
He's uh, <laughs> just swinging my sword awkwardly while trying desperately to dodge around them, and then eventually I would get bored. But I know that Monster Hunter fans are totally bristling at that extremely off-the-cuff uh, denouncement of the game. No, I'm gonna. I'm totally doing it this time. I'm totally getting into it. We can. Meanwhile, yeah, we Nadia's gonna get her own training training day with uh, Monster Hunter. She's gonna see the seedy underbelly of Capcom's action RPG franchise. Yes. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna see things that I won't be able to unsee. But you and I like uh, we could we, we should play together because it was taking you 20 minutes to to kill a monster. Aren't you supposed to team up with friends and? I'm gonna get codes for everybody on this team and we're gonna stream it as much. That's as gonna possible. be a lot of fun. That's gonna be a lot of fun. It'd be a nice change from PUBG. Maybe I still like PUBG though. PUBG's kind of fun too. Um, so also notable. Remakes for Secret of Mana, Radiant Historia, and Strange Journey all coming out this year. Yeah, that's a. I'm probably Mana is the one I'm looking forward to most, obviously. Strange Journey for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Secret of Mana doesn't really do much for me, uh, but I mean, I'm playing on the Super Nintendo. I'm playing on the SNES Classic, and I don't see any particular reason to play it anywhere else. No, uh, I, the I graphics understand. don't do anything for me. For me, it's totally like, hey, how did they change this? What's different? Did they just screw up the translation? I think they did. Yeah. Uh, Strange Journey. I I really appreciated that game. It's. I wish they were on the Switch rather than (laughs) rather than the Nintendo 3DS, but it is what it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I think that it's it's such a good RPG, Mm -hmm. and that is a game that you should absolutely revisit. That that for me is the it's the kind of person it's the it's the smt game i like the most personally Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i am very very new to smt uh even for sony i'm still kind of a newbie so maybe this is the one i should really use to cut my teeth on smt nino kuni 2 yeah i'll be honest i'm really lukewarm on that one i i mean mean, we'll see right We'll, we'll, we'll see yeah um but I've been just kind of following a little bit here and there, and it's, like, very cute, but a little too cute. Like, it tries a little too hard. Like, just uh, cats and mice and war, and not even in that cool red wall way. It's just, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's It, it looks all right. Um, Reminds me of Babar. Yes, yes. Except even Babar was kind of had its moments. I used to watch the hell out of Babar. Oh, my God. The Babar is like an elephant becomes like a king or whatever, yeah, and then they yeah. get invited, invaded by the evil rhinos. The rhinos, and he has to learn how to become a king. Lord Rotaxis, I love yes. Babar. Oh uh, my when gosh! I, when I was a kid, like it was a Canadian series, so like Canadian series get played to hell up here, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Plus, I had a neighbor who was uh, uh, from the Caribbean, and he just brought like all these amazing books with him, like Tintin and Babar, and I, we used to read it together when uh, I was a kid. But I'm still willing to give it a fair shake. It's that's, just yeah, that's all I can really say for it. I'll give it a fair shake. It doesn't look like it'll poison me, so I'll give it a try. The demo didn't really impress me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is maybe a niggling thing to point out, but I really hate the jarring transition from the really chibi characters yeah. in the overworld to the more real, the cell shaded, more realistically rendered ones yeah um, i know what you mean um i feel like they are trying to imitate retro games in that regard retro rpgs but they don't really have to but they're doing it anyway and it's just a, a weird stylistic choice i don't know i don't know what the, the mm. deal is with that and the i think that it's a step down from an artworks perspective from the ghibli like the ghibli look of nino kuni yeah which was very very impressive not that it the, looks more like a tales of game yeah, it doesn't look bad by any means, but yeah, yeah. Well, now that we've crapped all over Nino Kuni too, <laughs> send us your hate. Uh, that. I don't know. Uh, it's been delayed a bunch too. Yeah, which is yeah, that's a uh, kind of uh, mysterious, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows what's going on? Um, so, fingers crossed that it turns out to be good. I suppose. Uh, it sounds like Bandai Namco is be- going to be giving it a fairly large individual push mm-hmm. before too long. So yeah. uh, we'll see if it's looking any better in the next event. But uh, I don't know. Like it was announced. It was a big deal on the PS4. And just all the coverage that's come out 
since it's been kind of like eh, this looks okay i guess it's cutesy or yeah, something it's definitely the, d- the definitive wait and see game of this year very much so all right uh a game that will not be wait and see for you nadia dragon quest builders 2 hell no that's not wait and see um i don't think it's being confirmed for the west and i'm really really if this doesn't come to the west my heart will break into a million pieces and i will die it's coming on the switch right yes yes i is. think it'll come out here i think so I, I i do i mean if they're giving us the original builders and they're still giving us like dragon quest heroes and dragon quest heroes 2 which are you know just kind of off the cuff weird spin-off games um, I, I have hope for Dragon Quest Builders 2, especially since the original. I wasn't the only one who loved the original. Like It got a lot of great press when it came out. Uh, World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. This is more of a Mike Williams That's a, that, territory. This is a Mike Williams hour, because he spent his whole vacation playing Warcraft, all, <laughs> which is great. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Going back to what he knows and loves. But sure. World of Warcraft Battle of Azeroth, just taking a, a look at what they're doing it looks like they're going back to Warcraft 2 to me because uh, the whole point, the whole idea is that the Alliance and the Horde are back at war Mm. and they are searching for allies and the humans are searching, uh, are going to Kol Tiras, which I think is the, maybe the mage nation. If I'm culture, no culture might be the sailing nation. A lot of this is going to be on the water, I think. Yeah. And Zandalar is the horde, and they're going to recruit the trolls. Oh, cool. And of course, the trolls... In Warcraft 2, the whole notion was that the alliance in the horde war had entered a new phase, and so the alliance was recruiting the elves, and the horde was recruiting the trolls and getting new races in there to help with the battle. Um personally i loved warcraft 2 and Mm. warcraft 3 and i think there's a certain just kind of fun simplicity to the alliance versus horde kind of there uh, is like i had no idea that even stopped warring to be honest with you no no there was this whole thing where in warcraft 2 they're at war but then warcraft 3 it was revealed that they were infected with this uh blood curse from the from the demons from okay. the Outlands. I heard about that. And in fact, they were like noble savages mm. from a dying planet, Dranor, and so and had made like a demonic pact with the the demons. But uh, the orcs had found a new life in our in Azeroth and right. had gone off to start their own kind of thing but i guess uh things kind of went south <laughs> things did not go as planned i always said yeah. if i ever played warcraft i'd play as a tauren but uh now they have so many races i don't know who i'd play as i always preferred the orcs the classic orc yeah though recently i've kind of like hedged more toward um undead mm, that's interesting uh i think sylvanas might be my favorite character in that game mm-hmm. uh just because I don't know. She's a hot undead elf chick. <laughs> what more could you ask for, really? Uh, and I, I liked the... Yeah, anyway. World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. Uh, coming out this year. Big deal. Somehow that game is 14 years old and still chugging still along. Going. It's uh, I admire its tenacity. How an MMORPG can just... How a game can exist just on sheer momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have so many people like Mike who are like they go to somewhere else for a long time they come back and they start playing it a lot and go away and come back i remember in like 20 2010 2011 thinking that it was mind-blowing that asheron's call had been around for a decade and people were still playing that (laughs) hell ragnarok online is still around lots of people still play that everquest everquest is still around i think or is it Ever-crack? I don't know. I, I think they are. No, it totally is. EverQuest has to still be around. Yeah. The it, the sequel never came around. Right, right. But I, I just Daybreak love, ended up killing that. Yeah, that's right. I just love those like old RPGs that hang out on out of sheer spite, hatred for the world. I don't know, but they're just great. <laughs> okay, two more RPGs that are fairly notable. Indivisible, which is coming from the mm-hmm. folks who are making uh, Skullgirls. Yeah. Uh, combining two of my favorite things two tastes that great taste great together the battle system from valkyrie profile yes i'm listening (laughs) with the metroidvania style exploration okay i'm in 
Done. Yeah, That's all I you had too. to say to me. Uh, I this was this was funded by Kickstarter, wasn't it? Because I'm almost yes, I'm 99 sure that I contributed to it and forgot about it. But I will definitely like just from the moment I saw it, I'm like, wow, I need that. So I'll be happy. Yeah, I love that art style. It's just great. Yeah. So I'm all in on in- Indivisible. I love the art style from Skullgirls. Mm-hmm, so do I. And uh, when this game comes out, it's day and date for me. Yep. Yep. Uh, in fact, I would even put that in my most anticipated RPGs of 2018. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but maybe my m- more of a personal list. <laughs> um, and the other one is Griftlands from Klee Entertainment. Yeah. Or Clay Entertainment or however they Klee, pronounce Klee, her name. Clef Key. Announced at E3 2017 supposedly coming out uh fall 2017 or early 2018 Mm -hmm. and we haven't heard anything about it since yeah probably not early eight to 2018 but i'm hoping at least quarter uh second quarter or third quarter don't have to wait too long for it because it was a really interesting looking game i was watching the trailer again and it made me think of dragon's lair meets mass effect yeah that's that's a really good way to describe it you got that don both style with the uh hey you can be a really nice guy or you can be a jerk like i love that part where the the character in the trailer sells out her companions and they're just like cursing her from behind the bars <laughs> or maybe shank in space <laughs> <laughs> good point but no i'm looking forward i do to like that. clay entertainment though and i think that they have a really keen understanding of how to make a really good game Mm-hmm. and they've certainly done amazing work in the platformer space. I, I really like Shank. Like, Shank 1 has such a good co-op mode. Mm-hmm. It felt like a game that was made to be in co-op, to I've be honest. I've actually never played Shank. I should. The original Shank is great. I didn't mm-hmm. play Shank 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they're best known for Don't Starve. They did an amazing exactly. job in that space as well. Um They've just made a lot of great games, so it's really exciting to see them in the RPG space. Yeah, I'm really happy to see them in the RPG space because they make very distinctive characters. Like, you can look at a character that they made and say, that's that's them. That's I'm calling them Klefki. That's <laughs> off the top of my head. I can't help myself. But Klefki. you say, that's them. So One um, of the lamest Pokemon. No, he's, he, he, I bet he jingles as he, as he moves. That must be so cute. Wow, we're out of ideas for Pokemon. Well, uh just looking around the room sees a set of keys hanging on the wall what about a pokemon that resembles a key ring go on <laughs> <laughs> or someone had a baby and they were dangling and it's a toy fairy keys. and what if your keys go missing but they're actually pokemon <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i don't care i don't know they always say that they have like this extremely specific process with spreadsheets and everything and how they're going to build it i'm like no no this is how they come up with Pokemon. They're sitting around. <laughs> they're smoking some pot. And they're like, I love man, what if, what if your keys were a Pokemon? That, I have to admit, like, I'm not a big fan of the whole, like, you know, stoner equals weird game ideas theory, but there is something very stonerish about imagining your lost keys bec- taking on a life of their own. To become a <laughs> All right, everybody. That's our things. most anticipated RPGs of 2018. Uh, did we miss anything? Are there any RPGs that you are especially interested in? Uh, I'm sure that there are going to be plenty of people coming in to defy, defend Nino Kuni 2 after we absolutely trashed it. We didn't trash it. We just kind of end it. Ah, we killed it. <laughs> we didn't have enthusiasm for it, Nadia. Therefore, we did not like it. R.I.P. Nino Kuni 2. But uh, yeah, if you're really pumped for Nino Kuni 2, I really don't want to know why. Because uh, yeah, the battle system looks okay, I, I suppose. Um, all right. I, I like the little thingies that follow the characters around. Those I are suppose. neat. Those are cute. Um, I'm okay with the story of the kid who becomes the king. Blah blah blah. You want to time? Drop us a line at uh, in the show notes. So Nadia, we were talking about games that we should do for the next report, and we've had a lot of responses mm-hmm. pouring in. Writer Thinker, Kicker says that they would consider playing Witcher 3, uh, considering how much it sounds like Yakuza. <laughs> a dude wanders a world filled with many things to do, beats up enemies for cash, uh, and stuff, levels up abilities for combat, sexy action, compelling side quests. If I didn't have such an aversion to 200-hour RPGs, I would have bought it at launch. I just hope it's less daunting than what I hear of Dragon Age. 
Um, Reox says that they strongly second a Persona 3 report. They played Persona 3 Portable several years ago as my intro to the series, and I absolutely love the themes and characters more so than 4, though to be fair, I only let, watched a Let's Play of P4. Might have been because I could actually play as a girl in 3, a feature that I'm hoping Atlas brings back in a future Persona. But most importantly, as Kat pointed out, Koromaru is an awesome dog. Such a good puppy. <laughs> it's true. Uh... If I if you want something different from the JRPGs for the report segment, said Sketchlayer Josh, and something that could make for a quicker yet more conver- conversation-starting sort of game, maybe a Fallout New Vegas report? Which factions are chosen, the companions, would make for some fun podcastery. It's not Naughty's <laughs> usual sort of game, but maybe that can make for more fun. I actually really like the idea of doing a Fallout New Vegas report. Yeah, I'm not anti-Fallout by any means. I mean, I've played quite a bit of 4, it just I had to stop because I got so motion sick from it. I also saw Fallout 3 uh, thrown out there as a possibility as well. Fallout 3 I've played, but I never really finished it. Uh, Molaram has one that might be up your alley, uh, Nadia. Mm. A Terranigma report. I would love to do a stupid Terranigma report. Like, I'm playing the game right now because <laughs> I got it for Christmas, and it's such a it's such an odd, weird, unique game. I, I miss Quintet so much. Uh, Nuclear Vomit's vote goes to FF7 for the next RPG. If chosen, you must rename Barrett to Mega Man and Kate Sh- Ketchy to Cat Shit. <laughs> Matcom26 says, Cosmic Star Heroine Report. The that game simply has idea. insanely inventive mechanics that I think listeners should hear more about and would be fodder for great conversations and entertaining battles. The story and soundtrack are top-notch as well, and it's only 30 hours or so, so not biting off too much. Not a bad idea. Yeah, honestly, it's not even. I don't think it's thirty hours, but it's a very brisk RPG. Um, <laughs> I came close to finishing it, but I never finished it, so I wouldn't mind starting over again. But it was a lot of fun, as I recall. It was a really, really uh, well put together RPG. Uh, but I've seen a bunch of suggestions for uh, Witcher Three for mm-hmm. sure. Definitely. Um, Fallout, uh, Fallout Three, uh, Rene de Costa. Um, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Uh, suggest it. Uh, please uh, ask us to please declare a moratorium on Persona or Final Fantasy reports. Uh, I kind of understand mm-hmm. that request, but it's kind of up to the listeners too. So, uh, Fallout 3, and they suggested Fallout 3, Deus Ex Human Revolution, Mass Effect Trilogy, which would be quite the That'd undertaking. Be undertaking. Uh, Witcher 3 and KOTOR. Um, and if it has to be an RPG, they requested Cosmic Star Heroine, mm-hmm. uh, Fantasy Star 2 or 4, Romancing Saga 2, Terra Enigma, and Lost Odyssey. And uh, I might have already mentioned this, but there was also uh, somebody threw in Valkyrie Profile. Right. I, think I would totally be all in on playing another Valkyrie, uh, playing through Valkyrie Profile. But personally, I, w- I don't want to stop my Witcher 3 playthrough. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Cat's all in on Witcher 3 right now. I am all on, on Witcher 3. Yeah. I spent a whole bunch of time playing last night, and I was getting, like, bits for my armor. I got a new suit of armor. I got the cat school of Witcher gear. I'm very oh, excited. Cool. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm sold, Witcher 3. I'm all in on... I'm all in on finding the coolest armor set and upgrading it into Infinity. Because <laughs> the armor suits improve as you upgrade them. They mm-hmm. Like, their looks improve. Oh, so I, a, I love that. So they, I was like looking at the Grandmaster, the Master and Grandmaster variants. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, those look awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like I dumped one of the most powerful, the Griffin set is actually probably one of the better sets of armor in the entire game. And I opted not to go with it because I'm like, no, no. It doesn't look I, as cool. Doesn't cool look, it's, too, it's too boring. Really? A Griffin? You would think a Griffin would have like a really cool. Just it's okay. Look. It's just really kind of bland. Hmm. Very fantasy blandish, I guess. Yeah. I, I think you can actually dye the suits of armor in blood and wine, but I could be wrong. Sweet. Okay. So this is what we're going to do, Nadia. Uh-huh. We are going to post a poll mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of RPGs that have been nominated. And you can vote on them on social media or via the show page. And we will announce the winner on the next episode and we will do our first report on the next episode so looking forward to that yeah it's a the fair and democratic way i think i i'm gonna put a prediction i think it's gonna be witcher 3 that I think ends so up too, winning which i'm fine with like i, I yep. like i said it's been at the 
hovering in my I got to play this sort of list, so. Hey, if you finish Persona 4 Golden, you can totally finish Witcher 3. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't get too distracted by side quests and everything. I mean, Witcher 3 is a long RPG, but so is Persona 4 Golden, let so me tell you Persona that much. So is Persona 5. That was, uh, that took me uh, quite a while. Nadia's good at tearing through RPGs. You, you, you be, uh, she did it with Final Fantasy IX. She just ate that thing for lunch. Yeah, I can, I can do it. I have skills. I appreciate your uh, hard work and, and dedication to the Blood God. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fun. And with that, Axe the Blood God is a U.S. Gamer Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are sold. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a note, a review, anything. A review would be really nice because mm-hmm. the more people review our, our podcast, the more visible it will become on iTunes. And uh, we're always looking for new subscribers. Uh, tell your friends. Somebody started a Reset Era uh, thread for us just oh, recently. Nice. So, oh, I hope it's yeah, nice. if, you're, if you're on that message board, maybe you should go post in that and uh, kind of keep us visible over there. Please. Uh, keep proselytizing for the blood god among the masses. <laughs> We need some converts over here. Yep. Uh, and, of course, next week we will be doing our first RPG report for whatever game you guys end up choosing. I'm very interested to see what that game ends up being. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore catbot, Nadia at Nadia Oxford. And, uh, yeah, uh, check out everything on usgamer.net. Uh, this is tertiary. This is not rpg related but we posted a pretty cool feature about ea sports big and like ssx and the history of that and kind of the rise and fall and uh we we got a some really cool essays going up next week including a, another doc special about uh titanfall 2 so keep an eye on the site for that of course monster hunter world coverage mm-hmm. lots That's of that good. coming up and dragon ball fighters dragon ball fighter z fighters fighters yeah whatever i'm calling it fighters like a- lots of coverage in that regard as well and check out our flagship podcast every wednesdays and we stream every tuesday and thursday twitch.tv slash us okay until next time i've been cap bailey for nadia and myself thanks for listening until then happy adventuring mm-hmm.